Like you got a you got a disease going on, bro. Yeah, reminds me like yeah, crazy people doing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, like like going into yeah, like a subway station and and like asking for a job or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the train driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I get a job on your train? <laughs> Voices in Japan podcast, Ben and I are back for another episode. And in this episode, we talk about apartment hunting in Japan, some of the unique things that a person experiences when searching for a new apartment in Japan, like key money, which is reikin in Japanese, and it's basically money that you pay to show gratitude to the landlord or owner uh, for letting you live in their apartment. And we also talk about some of the challenges that foreigners can face uh, when searching for apartments in Japan. Of course, the process is always done in Japanese, which is a big challenge. And on top of that, sometimes foreigners get not-so-special treatment. And uh, we talk about our own experiences with that and also some of the experiences of our friends. As always, we want to thank you for tuning into the podcast and for continuing to check us out on social media. And we hope this episode has some useful information for people who may be considering moving to Japan or even people who are already here and are thinking about buying a place. And now, on to the episode. Ich, ni, san. We are back, Voices in Japan podcast. Actually, it's been, uh, we recorded last week, but uh, we haven't been recording as frequently uh, as I would like to. I don't know about how you feel and stuff, but it's always good to kind of keep a good pace with recording. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, because we're still obviously like uh, trying to learn and improve our art and everything, improve the show. So. I think we're getting better though. Like I've had, I've had some comments from... Uh, friends who have been listening and they've noticed that we've been getting, we've been getting better. And yeah. Stuff, so hope hopefully, so. hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, up here in Sapporo and Hokkaido, it's been, uh, it's definitely finally, uh, getting to that summer weather. Man, it was nice. Um, yesterday was really nice actually. Like yeah. 20, 24, 25 degrees. Yeah. Today was kind of nice, but a bit windy. Yeah, we're having a barbecue tomorrow down by the river. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, if you want to come along, man. Yeah, yeah bring, uh, bring your family. Maybe at work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Saturday work. Yeah, but I'll be thinking of you guys enjoying the sunny weather, sitting down. I'll take some photos and send them to you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Uh, same crowd that you did it with recently? or Yeah, yeah. Same lot. Um, I think we did it a couple of weeks ago, actually. We had one. Same place. Um, we try to get one like as soon as there's not like nice weather just down by the bridge and it's good because there's um you know like my mate lives right by there so he just wheels everything down on his little trolley thing and then just people just rock up you know bring some food stay as long as you want and then he's always like the last to leave he just packs his grill up wheels it back up to his house and it's and it's done it's like no hassle for him so he's always the one that's kind of like you know setting up the barbecues okay when when do you want to do it Let's do it now. And he'll send me a message. I'm going to do one this weekend. Invite people. 
So yeah, it's always, and he's always up for it. He like loves barbecuing. So. And it's usually it seems like a good mix of people in terms of like Japanese and foreigners. Yeah, and stuff, yeah. Right? So I, I invited um, a couple of guys from uh, from the dojo uh, last week. Oh, uh, really? Last time. Oh, so did one, they come? Yeah, out? one of them came down. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, and he's coming tomorrow as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe we can just uh, get into our topic uh, for this episode, which is renting apartments in Japan or just like, I guess, living in Japan in general, in general, uh, living spaces and stuff. And uh, let's see, you've been here 12 years? Yeah, this is my 12th year. 12th yeah. year. So it'll be 12 in September. Okay. And uh, your first place here... I'm assuming you had help setting that up. I think the first apartment I lived in might have been the same first apartment that you lived in. That's right, yeah. Because we worked for the same company, right? Yeah, what did you think of that place? I, I loved it, man. Yeah. It was like perfect location, you know, like right opposite the subway station. And it was in North 24, which is like a really cool area. Lots of bars, lots of restaurants. And I just remember like when I walked into that place, there was like nothing there apart from a futon, um, a TV, a tiny 15 inch TV, like the old analog style yeah, and yeah. a GameCube. Yeah. Was that, do you remember if the TV was orange? Cause it was probably it was the, orange, same, yeah. the same original TV that they gave me. Yeah. And, uh, that's the other thing about these apartments. So you were teaching, I was teaching those, uh, apartments that they set the English teachers up are always, usually very close to the station, very convenient, probably because they don't want like teachers getting lost on their way to work. Did you like that apartment? I liked it for the same reasons you did. Like North 24 is like a pretty happening place. Uh, there's, it's kind of around the university and stuff. So there's a lot of, uh, like bars and restaurants and, uh, places for young people to hang out and stuff. Yeah. But looking back at it now, I was like, man, I, I probably wouldn't be able to live in that neighborhood now. Cause it was very loud. Like, that was one thing that kind of annoyed me about that place. I, I didn't really mind it too much, but I would definitely mind it now because it had like a, I think now it's changed, but it used to be like a karaoke bar, like connected to the entrance of that building or the building right next to it. Yeah, I remember that. I think it's still there maybe. Is it? Yeah, when and I like, was there, it was, yeah. Yeah, like all the college students would be coming out of there at like two, three in the morning, like drunk, but still singing and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like yeah. trying to sleep, you know, but... uh yeah, I mean, that's what college kids do, so. Yeah, so that's uh, that was our first apartment, but yeah, again, that was set up by the school. So what was your first time uh, getting an apartment actually on your own in Japan? So I guess probably my next apartment, like after that one, um, so I quit the company. So obviously once I quit the company, I couldn't live there anymore. So I rented a apartment with my girlfriend at the time yeah which was in the same area because i really liked the area but doing it by yourself is definitely a lot harder because it's all in has to be all in japanese and yeah none of them spoke english so I, I had to go in with someone so my one of my co-workers who's japanese she went with me and you know translated everything for me um and i had to get like a a guarantor so that's that's someone that acts as like insurance yeah. for you, right? So if you don't pay your rent or if you skip the country or something, then that person becomes liable 
for all those payments. Right. Right. So even getting that person is really hard to get in Japan because you can't, like, most people don't really want to be a guarantor because it's kind of risky. Yeah. Right. Unless they really trust that person. Yeah. So to ask someone as well is kind of a big deal, right? You can't just ask some random friend. Like, you could, but normally it's like either someone really close to you. More often than not, it's a family member, right? But I didn't have any family there. I didn't, you know, I'd only been there for like probably about a year and a half. So my girlfriend asked her ex boss who she was fairly close to, but she was close enough to ask her to be our guarantor. And I knew her too. So I was like, fine. But like, I was surprised that she agreed to it because, yeah, but she, you know, she liked or trusted my girlfriend enough or trusted us enough to accept being a guarantor. Yeah. I mean, it's a valid risk for Japanese people or valid worry to kind of wonder if they can trust foreigners because I mean, quite frankly, there are a lot of foreigners that kind of skip town. And Especially like, like after the first kind of few months, maybe that they're in Japan. Yeah, you know, yeah. They just freak out, decide they don't want to be here, and then they just up and leave without saying anything. Right? I've I know I've heard of that happening plenty of times. Yeah, or like family emergencies come up back home and they've got to take off, and they just they're like, when it comes down to it, it's like, am I gonna sit around here and like figure all this out, or do I get back to that emergency back home? And it's like, yeah, what would you choose? You know, so. Uh, there's actually companies too that work as guarantors and, uh, one of the apartment searching experiences that I had that company or the uh, apartment rental place even said like they require everyone, uh, to use one of these guarantor companies and, uh, not like, uh, somebody, you know, acquaintance or something. And they told me, uh, it was actually, they said like 80% of their people they require to go through one of these companies, Japanese or foreign or anybody. So, what it, what it, I mean, there was one, uh, situation where I was told to get a guarantor company, but then the guarantor company requested that I have a guarantor. What? Yeah. <laughs> so the guarantor company said, no, you can only, you can only use us if you have a guarantor which is ridiculous because my point of using them was because I didn't have a guarantor. This is for an apartment? Yeah, this is for another apartment. Oh, really? And I was like, well... In Sapporo? Yeah, this was in Sapporo, yeah. Okay. So that happened to me. And to me one time, just... Um, I remember, they, yeah, this guarantor company was like, sorry, you, you can't come with us unless you have a guarantor. And I'm like, well, the, the reason why those companies exist is for people that don't have guarantors. Right, usually, right, right, right. Yeah. Which, that's a, you know, that's obviously a double scam. I don't know what that was. So I couldn't go with them, obviously. So I had to go somewhere else that didn't require a guarantor, you know, like a guarantor company that didn't require a guarantor. Bizarre. There's a, let's just kind of quickly say some of the bizarre things about renting apartments. Number one, this whole guarantor process. Number two, this idea of key money. Yeah. Yeah, when I came to Japan, yeah, which is usually how much, like a month or two months. I mean, it can change whatever the landlord wants to set it at. It usually is about in support of like a month's rent or something. This is the key money. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is basically money that you give kind of thanks, I guess, traditionally or something, uh, just for being allowed to live in this person's uh, place. We could probably look up the history of it. But when I first actually was uh, looking for my first apartment in Sapporo on my own, at that time, like there was so much uh, vacancy in apartments that a lot of, most places weren't asking for key money. Uh, 
I think it's changed now. They might be asking for it more because there's probably more demand now. But actually, I heard that Sapporo doesn't really request key money, but other parts of Japan do. Oh, I'm sure they don't as much as other places. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. especially like in in Tokyo, it's almost like a guarantee that you have to pay key money. So there's like the key money, which is like a month's rent. Then there's the deposit, hmm. which is another month's rent. Then there's the guarantor company, which is usually maybe between half and a month's rent. What else is there? Then you've got to pay the month's rent up front. Yeah. So you're paying a lot of money just to move in at the beginning. Yeah, then there's plus, like cleaning fees. And right, stuff like and that. the regular things that's probably everywhere, like uh, insurance and stuff. you got to pay fire insurance. Uh, I think that's the only one that's required is fire insurance, but there's a few things like yeah. that as well. And even, even moving out, moving out, moving out is a pain. I was going to ask you, uh, has that always been smooth sailing, like finding new places, or have you had any bad experiences? Yeah, I, I had a, I've had a couple of bad experiences. Moving out of my first apartment was fine because it was owned by my company, like uh, the company that we work for. But the second place I moved out of, so when you move out, you have to clean everything. It's got to be spanking clean, pretty much as good as you left, as good as it was when you moved in. Um, and they have all these written things in the contracts, like, you know, what costs are covered by the tenant or the landlord. But because I didn't understand Japanese, I couldn't read Japanese, I couldn't read it. And they don't, you know, they don't have a translator. So when you move in, you kind of have to make sure that you understand exactly what costs you have to pay for when you move out when you move out yeah so there was one time uh there was like a kind of a small scratch on the on the floor it was like a you know plastic linoleum fake wood kind of flooring and then when i moved out they tried to charge me a ridiculous amount oh really so they took all my deposit which was like a month's rent wow for that scratch and then they wanted to charge me more and they tried to charge me an extra three hundred dollars on top of taking my deposit wow and i was like i'm not gonna pay that but then if i didn't pay that they were gonna get it from my guarantor oh and and, you didn't wanna... and obviously my guarantor was probably gonna pay it because she's japanese and then i was like called her up because they kept sending me you know letters and i just kept ignoring them and they finally called her then she called me my guarantor and said look they keep calling me to to get hold of you to pay and then finally i was like okay let, let's go in together so we went in and then they could you know they, they were explaining to me you should pay this you should pay that and um and they showed me the photos and stuff and i was like look this is ridiculous you know i've paid a month's rent it's a tiny scratch i'm not paying anymore and that's it you've got my deposit i'm not paying anymore she's not going to pay you anything else and you that's it this there's you know it's done and then he was like okay is it? it? Oh, really? Yeah. I think it totally depends on the place you uh, live because I've heard stories like that. Fortunately, I've never run into those types of situations. But for example, like the place we just moved out of, um, the heater was leaking water for like a couple weeks and we didn't notice it. It was like a floor, uh, one of those like spatial heaters you can move around. And it leaked water and it destroyed like, uh, probably like half a meter by half a meter space on the, uh, again, this like fake wood paneling floor, like water damage where they're going to obviously have to replace it. And this is right when we were moving out when we discovered it. And I was like, Oh, you got to be kidding me. 
But they were like, uh, and I was like, oh, we're definitely going to pay for this. But they were like, this, I mean, you guys didn't notice it. So we're going to just get the owner's understanding that this was, this should be covered under insurance. Don't worry about it. Wow. And like other places I've been in, I haven't had this experience, but I've heard like yours where they like try and get money for the smallest things that may have already been there even beforehand, you know? Yeah. I mean, like when, when you rent an apartment and you go in, you know, to sign the contracts and everything, do they explain like everything to you? Cause they should, right? Yeah. Well, they, and I mean, but they also just give you like this, like, you know, five, eight page contract in Japanese that they're like, okay, uh, sign it after you finish reading it. And you're like sitting there and they're waiting for you to read it and sign <laughs> yeah. it. So, you know, thinking about it right now and kind of forgot, but like one thing is like the last place that I rented, yeah, I rented it with my wife, like right before we got married. So everything was under her name as a Japanese person. Now I'm, it's coming back to me. I remember like they were saying like, uh, that they wanted us to put everything in her name because she was Japanese, even though I'd been in Japan for like 15 years or something, could speak Japanese and everything. They still wanted it to be done through her. So some of these situations where maybe, I mean, I don't want to say anything negative or bad about Japan, but maybe it's a little bit of uh treatment of foreigners and stuff. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you know, people get turned down from having apartments because they're foreign. Yeah. And, well, they, and they actually say that. Like, yeah. They, they say, oh, sorry, the owner doesn't accept foreigners. Well, that's the story I was going to tell is that, uh, so backing up a little bit, there's like, just like you were saying, these like estate agencies or whatever, that kind of uh, find the apartments for people. And uh, there's a few main ones in Japan, like uh, Jogu Jogu. Appaman Shop. Appaman Shop. Don't trust yeah. those guys. Uh, what's that other one? Like Jig, Giga or something? Gigu? Uh, I can't remember. But but Jog Jog Jog's like one of the biggest ones, right? Appaman Shop. Yeah. 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 And uh, they all have their reputations for good and bad things. But uh, so, yeah, one of the apartments that I really wanted to get because I had a view of the mountains and stuff and... I found it, and uh, actually, one thing that interesting that happens during the uh, process when you go to look for apartments is you'll go in there and you'll kind of find the one that you want, right? Either during the process there as you're browsing in their catalogs, or you'll have in mind like from something you found on the internet. And uh, so then the next thing they do is they're like, "All right, well, let's go view the apartments either right then or you set up an appointment." And no matter what, I don't know if you know this or if you've noticed this, but the apartment that you want to see, they'll take you there, and then they'll always take you to see two other apartments. And the reason is is because they'll take you to, like, two apartments that are worse, have something really bad about them, and it's all part of the sales process yeah, yeah. to get you set on, like, oh, i got to go to this place, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, they do that. I know it's that they do that. But do you think they do that back at home, too? They must do that, right? I'm sure they do, but it's like, it's so, uh, what's the word? Like, it's so regular here. They will, no matter what, take you to three places. That are really bad. Yeah, well, you're three places. So it's like the place you want to go plus two other places. Not necessarily like really bad, but there's something like, like, uh, some places that I've been to, like the other place they took me to, like you open the shades on the window and it's like a a brick wall or something or another (laughs) building, like right there. Or like the room, the main room is like a funny shape. They do this, but it'll it'll always be like basically the same uh, floor space, same rent range that you're interested in, but it'll be something strange and bad about the apartment, you know? 
That that was exactly how my last apartment was like. They showed me around like four adequate ones, and then the last one was like amazing. And yeah, I took it straight away. <laughs> so <laughs> I think because of that reason, because yeah. you just like, and you know, you you feel you start to feel down all the time because you see this bad apartment, bad apartment, and then they show you the last one, and then you're just so happy to see one that's kind of meets your standards, I guess. Yeah. But I, I was I was happy with that apartment, even though. My girlfriend thought it was haunted. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, and then I found out later on that someone committed suicide in that building. Oh, really? Yeah, and it could have been my apartment. <laughs> really? How did you find out? And did she feel like it was haunted even before she knew all of this? Yeah, she story? didn't know. She didn't know. So she like she used to stay over, and then when I wasn't there, she just felt this kind of creepiness in the apartment. And then, she, and then after that, she was like, "I've never stayed around your place again." Is this she, the place that was down near the river? Yeah, down by the river. Oh, the really? One, did you ever go there? I never actually went inside, but I dropped you off. Yeah, like, so it was nice, and it was you know like on the corner. But then after she said that, I don't know if it was because of what she said, but I started to feel it too. And I, you know, when I was at, at home at night, I always felt a little bit of creepiness there. And then I found out that. A friend of a friend used to live in that same building, and he said, "Yeah, someone committed suicide in that building. Really? Whether it was my apartment or not, I don't know. Yeah, but even in the the corridors of the building, <clears throat> it felt creepy. Oh, yeah. really? Kind of like Shining esque. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. There's actually, I mean, this is a whole episode we could do, but like. They're, they're normally, well, when you're buying a place, they're required by law to tell you if there was some kind of incident, a suicide or something in that place. And those places are sold on the market for a much lower value because of that. I can't remember what the term is for it right now, but there's a specific term for this, those types. This is of only for buying. Not, I, not I think renting. it's only for buying. I don't think it's for renting. Yeah. yeah. So renting, they're not obliged to tell people. But if no. you ask, I guess they could, they should tell you. I guess. I don't know if they're actually obligated to even tell you that, but if you're buying, there's definitely, I mean, it's a law. They, they have to tell you that. And those places are sold under market value. Uh, well, I guess they're considered that value. But would you, would you like live in a place that someone that died in or something? Or would you buy a place? I, well, I've thought about considerably cheaper. Well, that's the thing. I thought about buying them and then, you know, putting them on an Airbnb or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, this place that, uh, that I was looking at uh, had a view of the mountains and I really wanted to move in there. And they went through that process where they took me to like two apartments I wouldn't be interested in. And then, uh, I got to the point where I was going to sign the contract and something came up in that process about me being a foreigner and the owner of the building having some special requirement because I was a foreigner. But immediately I was like, Oh, really? And I was like, that's it. I'm not moving in here. And All they, right, because of what he's, he what he demanded, kind of. Yeah, thing. I mean, it wasn't too, anything too outlandish, but it was uh, some kind of special requirement. It was more than just like getting a guarantor or something. Like he wanted copies of certain documents uh, of mine, like passport. I don't know, maybe you have to give passport no matter what, anyways. Yeah, but, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, but he wanted something beyond what was normal, and the uh, realtor made the mistake of saying. Uh, because you're a foreigner. <laughs> he actually said that to you. Yeah. 
I mean, he was probably just trying to be honest. And we had like a really good time going and looking at places. So I felt really bad, but my mood completely changed when, uh, this whole thing came up. And, uh, I was like, I'm not moving in anymore. And he was like, wait, wait, what, what? Seriously? Like we've come this far and like you're basically like you've cleared and everything. He just wants these like special documents or requirements or whatever. And I was like, no, that's it. You know, <laughs> I'm not moving into, the, I'm not supporting this guy's like business moving in here, you know, yeah. being treated. You know, maybe I was overreacting because I tend to overreact sometimes, like about stuff like that. But yeah, so I didn't move in there. But I mean, that's the thing, though. Sometimes just because you're a foreigner, you may get treated differently for a lot of things. But yeah, apartment hunting is one. When you've moved into somewhere, have you had any like problems with uh, with yeah neighbors or anything that you've had to? contact the management company or anything like that because i know like you know back home usually we would confront the neighbor you know say something don't do you're making too much noise whatever but i heard in japan people don't do that yeah they go through the management company right like now um where i live not recently but uh the my neighbors downstairs i think one of them is like a student like a university student and sometimes she plays music at like 3 a.m. And she'll play it all night until 6 in the morning. Really? She's done this numerous times. And our bedroom is directly above hers. So I've like banged on the floor, you know, like really loud. But it just carries on going. Like she just keeps playing it. Yeah, right. So then like I sleep. told my girlfriend, just call the management company. So she did it twice. And even after calling she kept playing the music. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to go down and say something. But my girlfriend was like, no, you can't do that. You have to call the management company. Yeah, you can't confront them. It could be crazy or something. Uh-huh. But it's like, you know, if I just tell her, she would probably stop doing it. So now I buy earplugs. <laughs> yeah. And when she plays the music, I've got to wear my earplugs, which I guess it's not too bad, but... Can you sleep with earplugs? I can I can now, yeah. I mean, I've only had to do it like a few times. But recently she's kind of stopped playing the music like loud at three in the morning like i don't mind if it's before 10 o'clock at night but not three in the morning you know yeah. on a weeknight too yeah if it's a weekend i'm not too bothered but a weeknight you know it's a school night yeah you know i don't want to again just talk about all these negative experiences about japan but i've never had anything but i know a friend who lived in an apartment building and he said like I can't, he was probably there for a year and like at least three times a week or something when he would leave the building. There's some guy that maybe even had like some kind of slightly mental problem or something. Um, but he would stand like near the door of the elevator or the actually the exit right after you come out of the elevator and just start yelling all this stuff at this guy because he was foreigner. What, like racist kind of stuff? Yeah, well, I think it was kind of like uh, broken English and stuff, cause, and it might have even been like Japanese most of the time and stuff. But so this was, was his neighbor? Yeah, it was somebody who lived in the building. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, this guy is like, just kind of put, I think it was the guy who lived in the building, because I don't think he came to the building just to meet him like <laughs> every morning. <laughs> like Maybe though, because man, some people just gotta get it out, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't remember exactly what he would say. I gotta ask him about how, that. Again. How did he resolve the issue? Did he, he didn't. Just... <laughs> he just put up with it, man. 
And uh, he, ne- he never retaliated or anything. No, no, because I think he kind of recognized this guy. I mean, he didn't know for sure, but he thought maybe this guy was a little off or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. But still, he was like, I mean, it was just he was getting severely harassed, like so often, you know. And uh, just like having to put up with it. And this guy is like, I mean, he's a big buff dude, you know. I mean, if you think about it, I think you can think of who I'm talking about. But he's a very peaceful guy, you know. And, uh, yeah, he was just like putting up with it. And it was just like, it's pretty funny to hear him talk about it. At the same time, I was like, felt bad for him. And uh, I just kind of felt like bad that he had to put up with that. So know, he, he, he moved out in the end. Eventually, I don't think it was necessarily because of that. I think he just eventually moved out. But yeah, it's just like, <laughs> man, I can't imagine that. I would definitely have done something to try to resolve the situation because just getting like harassed, like first thing in the morning, <laughs> you're like stressful, right? You'd yeah. have to do something. Yeah, I can't. I can't even imagine being in that position where someone's just insulting you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yelling all this stuff at you, shouting racist slurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, unfortunately, you know what happens. It's not like. You know, maybe as bad as in other places, but yeah, it was too bad. So, well, we just uh, actually, so tonight we are even recording from uh, our new apartment. We're up here. Burke's new apartment, not not mine. Yeah, not ours, ours, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, my wife and I just moved into a new place. So. It's beautiful. It's like, it's such a great view. Yeah, the view is nice. Beautiful view, beautiful view of the mountains. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so we went through that long process though of, uh, looking for a place to buy and, uh, it was very, very difficult and I'm glad my wife was there to help us go through it. But, uh, how long did, how long did it take to find a place? Well, we started looking about, uh, I would say a year and a half ago when you wanted to move into a new place, uh, even though it's really good opportunity uh, to buy a used place right now because there are so many new places going up in Sapporo that uh, used places are a really good deal. And then on top of that, it's just a really good time to be buying in general. Loan rates, the rates on the loans right now are so uh, low. What What is your average mortgage rate? Yeah, so... I heard they're pretty damn good out here. It is. And uh, so it depends on if you're actually a resident of the country or not. For non-residents of the country, most people can get loans now for between 2 and 3%, wow. which is very low. As non-residents? Non-residents, yeah. Or a rate on like for a resident for like a second place or a place for a rental uh, property. Uh, but for residents, it can be anywhere from as low as 0.5% to like... 1.3, 1.4%. It is. It's free money. And, uh, so it's so worth buying a place just because it's cheaper than renting or the same, maybe the same. As yeah. Renting. Well, it's, uh, well, it's especially good if you are basically can find a place that you want to live in, uh, for the same, basically about the same rent that you're paying, which was almost a, a situation for this place. Uh, for us. So we were like, why are we just going to, you know, like most people, why are we going to just keep giving our money away uh, to somebody else when we could just be give, putting it away towards purchasing a place, which is the reason why a lot of people decide to buy anyways. But uh... Uh, yeah, is it is it 
easy to to get a loan or a mortgage? Well, right now, so right now, banks apparently are not doing very well in terms of their uh, loan business because the rates are so low. So they just want to get as many customers as possible. So the uh, approval process or the conditions have loosened up much more than they used to be. But uh, one thing that really helps is a, if you have permanent residency as a foreigner, I'm talking about as as a foreigner, things that help. But even more than permanent residency is if you are married to a Japanese person. Oh, right. Yeah. Because uh, they, in fact, for us, uh, we're doing it in my name, but um, for a lot of places, they would like to do it uh, through the Japanese spouse's name and stuff. But that, but to be honest, a lot of places, especially the big banks down in Tokyo and stuff, or even a lot of the international banks are giving uh, rates out to even um, foreigners by themselves very easily because, again, they're just trying to get as many customers as possible because they're not doing very well. Wow. So, like, now's quite an easy time to, to buy. It is. It's, like, awesome. the best time to buy because the rates are so low, and, again, they're giving uh, loans out much easier than they did before. So pretty much as long as you have a permanent resident, a permanent residency, then you're kind of quite easy to get one. Well, it'll depend on the bank and the place. Um, and it may, may or may not be able to get as favorable a rate, but that could be looked at as discrimination. So I don't even know if they can do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, normally it's very uh, simple where it's uh, you either have like a variable interest rate loan or you have a fixed interest rate loan. But right now they have like so many different programs because they're trying to, again, just get as much business as possible. They're competing. So you can have like a fixed rate for a few years and then you can decide again if you want to go for a variable loan rate at that point or continue for another three years to fixed rate and redecide again at that point. So when I was talking to people back home, they were pretty surprised to hear about all the options we had uh, for getting a loan in Japan. And the other, another big thing is like normally overseas, you're required to put down a pretty big, uh, in Japanese called, yeah, uh, deposit, uh, tamaki in Japanese, but yeah, deposit. Normally I think it's like 20% minimum, but, uh, we didn't even have to do that. Well, no deposit. Well, I don't think we even had to put down a deposit, but we just wanted to put down some money anyways, just to get our uh, loan, monthly loan payment in a range that we were comfortable with. So you don't have to put deposit down. I think, well, it might be depending on the place that you're buying mm. and the bank that you're going through and your qualifications for the loan and everything as well. For prices, house prices in Sapporo, let's say, how do they compare comparatively to like back at home for what you get, like size-wise? And I mean, sizes, I guess, compared to like Tokyo, it's a lot cheaper in Sapporo, right, for what you get yeah, in fact, I don't know exactly what the, uh, how it com- compares. I mean, obviously Tokyo is more expensive, but even in Tokyo, I mean, it all depends on the area you're in, how close you are to downtown, how close you are to station. Uh, so in Sapporo, you can, especially right now, I was going to say like use place. And we looked at some use places too, because what a lot of people are doing right now is, uh, because it's, the loan rate is so low as they're just buying a place. And then instead of putting down a lot of money as a deposit, they're using that money to just reform the whole inside of the apartment. And, uh, the apartments that were built like 20 years ago, the floor plan, like the ones they're building recently are much more compact and standardized. So like a normal two, three bedroom place is on average, like 80, 80 meters right now. Whereas back 20 years ago or 15 years ago, or even 10 years ago, the average was like, 
90 meters or some square meters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit bigger. So you can get like a bigger place if it's used and just like redo the whole interior. And it'll be, if it's a little bit away from the station or something, it'll be a good price and everything. So that's what a lot of people are encouraging right now. Mm. Another big requirement that they have is like, normally they look at income like overseas and stuff, but in Japan it's more important. Oddly enough, this is something actually really strange is if you've been in your current job for at least two years, mm. two years yeah. is kind of like a, uh, the a minimum number. requirement. Yeah, yeah, magic yeah number two stuff, years. So. All right. Well, I think, uh, I think we're running out of time. Well, it's about that time. So maybe we should uh, call it wraps. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, sure, man. It's uh, been, yeah, actually quite a long one, man. Yeah, I hope you uh, got some interesting information about renting and buying. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember, if you, you like it, leave us a review on iTunes especially. Five stars, hopefully, something like that. Maybe a four and a half, five. Uh, leave, uh, leave a review as well, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Voices in Japan at gmail.com for any messages or yeah, find us on the usual social media platforms. Alright. Catch you next time. Thanks. <laughs>